This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I was on the bench um, against Tottenham and then uh, we managed to get the, the deal done. Um during the evening and uh, you know he could come and join us for training so um, again I've said it many times so far during this uh, during this early pre-season and, and start of the season you know Jack Grealish was a statement of intent Tyrone Mings uh, Ollie Watkins um, Matt Cash Emmy Martinez Bertrand Hurry but now Ross Barkley another statement of intent and you know um, very thankful that we've got owners that want to progress the, the football club and uh, you know, they've allowed us to go out and, and get a player of that quality who has been playing for, you know, one of the top four teams uh, for the last few seasons. And he is a, a, a great addition to our squad with the quality that he brings. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast, the podcast that can do it on a Wet, cold Thursday night against Stoke. Unfortunately, uh, the team can't. But uh, joining me for a match reaction and also uh, a signing reaction to uh, Mr. Ross Barkley. Uh, a few people joining us from uh, our match club session. Mr. Chris Budd. Hello. Welcome to uh, the podcast recorded in Match Club. Mr. Dan Rogers from the Villarunderground.com. Hello. Welcome. And Mr. Phil Shaw. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the end of the world. <laughs> or it may be. Now we're at the Carabao Cup. This is just a uh, reaction uh, to those two key events in the Villa Week, just to bolt on to episode 116, which is the full uh, My Old Man Said podcast experience without Dan Rogers. <laughs> There's only so many they let me out for. <laughs> This week, anyway. But uh, so, if you want to listen to uh, the show and get up to date on all the happenings, uh, listen to that one probably first. But uh, this is uh, nice and breezy about uh, the game that we've just witnessed, and uh, also Ross Barkley, same team, pretty much that uh, played Bristol City off the park. Uh, I mean. Uh, Going back to that game, when you looked at that team sheet, you thought, "Yeah, we're probably out here." But Bristol City rested a few players, but we we really stepped up, and it was pretty impressive. And you know, Dean Smith was talking about these players had given him food for thought. But this was a night and day 
performance, was it not? Woeful. I think that it, it showed how limited we are if we get some injuries and some suspensions and how important we've, we've made some great summer summer recruitment, but it shows you how important it was. I, I thought we were really, really poor in places. And, you know, for, for players, you might think, do you know what, there's been a few a few new faces rolling. Um, I'm going to point some fingers across your Lansbury's, your Algarzies, uh, even Gilbert, to be honest. You know, they, these are players who you think have really got to up their game. They've, they've got direct competition for places now. They did nothing, and uh, it, that was a concern. It's a shame. I think it's it's a, this is a cup that you can go on, as we showed last season, you can get to the late, latter stages of it. It's our only chance of silverware. Bit of a limp way to go out, really. Yeah. Um, why was it different to how we performed against Bristol, Chris? Can you put your finger on it? I don't. I, I, I mean, I think I think Stoke are a much more sort of physical, um, more competitive team than but Bristol. They, they they made eight changes themselves. They did. They, I think they were bigger and stronger, and they, were, they certainly seemed a little bit more savvy in their plan. It was much better executed. They got stuck into Villa from the word go, and you could see that. You know, um, Lansbury, Ramsey, and the Camber in the middle got overrun on numerous occasions. I think they targeted El Mohamedy at centre back. Um, it is when you see Villa's lineup. If you uh, if you're doing your preparations, I mean, even as a fan that knows Villa's weaknesses and strengths of the individual players, you you could hatch a plan to take that apart I, I, I completely agree with that yeah and um, and I think we just lacked tempo Stoke didn't allow us to play at tempo they got their plan right and we dare I say didn't get ours right because on paper it was the same team that played pretty well against Bristol I thought you know they huffed and puffed against Burton the difference being in that game of course you had a Grealish and a Watkins so you've had a bit of cutting edge but we just lacked cutting edge I thought Davis was not lethargic but he was very ineffective against a physical back four I thought Watkins helped him when he came on as Dan said I thought Algarzi was hugely ineffective bar a couple of moments well we were calling him Hermes in terms of uh, being the delivery man because uh, I mean the consistency was was just woeful non-existent and and Lansbury's played himself not only out of the team which he was never going to get a look at but he's played himself out of the squad I mean you aren't going to have him in your match day 18 Phil biggest culprits in your eyes I don't think you can narrow it down to one maybe Apart from Steer, I think everybody had a poor game. I'm thinking of the first half, especially Davis missed an absolute horrendous chance, and so did Lansbury. Both, you know, quite both in the six yard box, yeah. one header, one yeah. volley that could have, you know, that could have changed the game. The Lansbury head is awful, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was almost comical, wasn't it? It wasn't I mean, even close. It just reminds us of like if you think of the worst kind of Villa performances over the last three or four years, you were right back to that tonight. Well, this was back to the days of Paul Lambert, you know, going out to lower division sides in embarrassing manners. It takes you back to uh, that pre-season, uh, that training video where they're doing that keep me uppy and they've got a head of the ball into that bucket. <laughs> and at point blank range, Lansbury manages to miss when he tries to chest it in, like you know, literally point blank range. And you, you just saw that's in his DNA, isn't it? Missing because <laughs> that just it's untidy. Dolan are living in Villa. I mean, it's his fifth season, which is remarkable. For um, uh, just to sum up my my views on us, particularly that first half, it wasn't as though we didn't craft those couple of opportunities. And there was three times: one with the, the other one being the Stoke goal, where I did think back to last season. And uh, I'm trying to put this on a positive spin because I think what it shows is that we've we have as a club we've looked at that and we've learned haven't we we've gone we can't go into another season with these you know the the way that we defended that that corner where there's three villa men on vokes and neither of them none of them managed to get to stop yeah. the flick header is that was embarrassing 
that was a symptom of last season, really. Um, and I think that it, the only worry is that we, we are still light in terms of cover at centre-half. And it, uh, it's no surprise that we'll talk about Barkley in a minute, that we've gone and we've brought a really top-quality midfielder. Would you have, uh, Phil, would you have played Hurahan today? Because somebody who uh, might not be in the, the first uh, 11 against Liverpool, I mean, I don't know if Smith's going to let him keep the shirt because, uh, you know, he, he had a decent game against Fulham. But here's a chance to uh, go in a little bit stronger against the Stoke team and actually give him uh, a midfielder to be concerned about. I would definitely have played him tonight. I mean, across the box, especially in the second half, there were so many chances to get a, a decent delivery in. And you're looking at uh, Lansbury standing with the ball and Yotta. And you, I mean, you, you just know it's not going anywhere good. Yeah. It was it was really one of those nights. Hurahan, if you'd have played him, I mean, he would have been under pressure to perform, to you know, try and keep his place, try and stay in the manager's thoughts. And I, I would definitely have played him tonight. Yeah. Do you think there should be any blame put at uh, Smith's doorstep? Because as you know, as we were saying, we're just one game away from the quarterfinal. And I think it's a missed opportunity there. I mean, the tournament's still got some big guns in it. And that maybe uh, they looked at that a little bit. It wasn't that much a case of opportunity knocks if we get into the quarterfinals. But uh, do you think Smith should have gone a bit uh, stronger? I think so. I think you, you you treat it with the respect it deserves. And I'm sure he would have gone out before the game and said, well, we'll you know, the, the cliche of I will play a team that's we think yeah. is good enough to get through and all that. But the reality is the bench was stronger. So we had the cavalry ready to come on. Um, I think you could have probably played one of Konza or Mings at the back. I'm, I'm all for playing Steer. Um, I think Taylor and, and Gilbert is fine as, as fullbacks, but I do think they should have been a bit, a little bit more respectful in the middle and played one of Louise or um, Horahan. And I, I also would have actually had um, one of Grealish or McGinn on the bench as well. Trore, what, what were you thinking about his performance, Phil? It wasn't great. There's there's no point in sugarcoating it. He was brought in to be the the X factor out in that side, and any time he got the ball, he seemed to check back and try a long diagonal, and he, instead of using his pace and running the Stoke defence to try and create something. So there's there's work to be done there. I mean, that's what the the Leon fans were saying. One minute he he does what he does did against Bristol City, and then the next minute he puts in a performance like tonight. So. If we're going to get a bit of consistency in him, I think it's okay, but it wasn't great tonight. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be, uh, you know, on the on the first 11 team sheet every week starting, to be honest. I wouldn't put him in, a, in the head of Trezeguet at the moment, anyway. No, no yeah. chance. Yeah. No, I think Trezeguet's definitely earned his uh, right to be playing uh, against Liverpool, for example, in the next league game. Well, Liverpool, yeah, Liverpool's a game that you're going to need work rate and legs from, and you can't have any passengers in that game. Just to come back to the midfield, I mean, the three of them, they were all very similar. I mean, I felt a bit sorry for Ramsey because he's, he's a young guy and he's trying to, you know, make his way. And he did show more decent touches than the other two. But the three of them sort of stood in a line. They were very static. I mean, there wasn't one dropping deep and the other one going or anything like that. The three of them just stood there and didn't it didn't work at all. So there was no chemistry between them. Yeah, there was a lot of passages of play where we'd get to the halfway line and then start playing backwards because there was no real movement option or, or, or plan on how to uh, go at a Stoke team that were obviously leading and so, you know, dropping deep. That also sort of lines up to, I guess, my, my other point was that it that was a similarity to last season. That There were many times in the first half and the first few minutes of the second where it was that every pass we made was predictable. 
as well. Yeah. You could see what you could, you know, we weren't, there was nothing, there was no flair. And as, as Phil was saying, when Traore had those opportunities to burst into some space and you can create some movement. El Ghazi tried it a few times, but he was just, he was just hopeless at doing it really. I, you mean, know? I, have, to, I have to correct you. Uh, some of those passes weren't predictable because some of them were <laughs> that one where is Elmo, Elmo played it off the side for no apparent reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was not predictable. <laughs> no, I think there's one in the second half where Algarzi pl- plays no one in down the down the flank as well. It goes just dribbles out for a goal kick. Yeah, some of, some of it was jaw dropping, uh, and you're thinking, well, this was a great chance for them, and you never at any stage thought we were going to get back in. Last twenty minutes, you thought this is it, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that you know a lot of people say. You know, we're at the cup. We can focus on the league. And I've always been a, you know, I always think back to the '90s that, you know, my the modern yeah. era has been bereft of silverware, really. But you know, those two '90s Wembley wins over Leeds and United, and people have short memories. You know, it was a, days out like at Wembley against Man City where we ran them closer than anyone would have thought. You know, the yeah. experience of it, um, probably our only chance of silverware, realistically. You know, it's it's gone there. Um, I think that it's great. It's going to be great to see how Villa perform in the Premier League this season, but but. You know, having a cup run and, and the the momentum that can actually bring to your season too is something that can get overlooked. I think. Yeah, I mean, Smith said he said well, he admitted at half time. He said he said that I don't often get into him at half time, but I did today because we were that poor in the first half, and described mm-hmm. described the first half as awful. Uh, I mean, Phil, we we spoke about the slickometer in the last couple of games because we'd been playing some nice football, but uh, it's not on the scale, is it? No, the slickometer unfortunately met sandpaper tonight and didn't go anywhere. <laughs> so anyway, let's uh, let's park this uh, pointless uh, journey in the uh, the League Cup this season. Uh, the good news is we have a, a proper midfielder. Almost like uh, from what we've been saying about the, in this podcast, even though we've won games and been unbeaten for a long time in all competitions, now it's uh, unbeaten in the league that we have to cling on to. But we struggle against Burton, against 10 men against Sheffield United. Our midfield struggle to like dictate the game and, and kind of control the game. And so despite some of our, uh, let's say, more celebrated players being Villa, you know, in the Villa team being midfielders, uh, we needed something extra. But as we've always said on this podcast, we didn't need bench squad filler. We needed somebody who was good enough to, and, you know, you have to park your sentimentality aside to these players. You you want a player that's good enough to dislodge, you know, Hurahan or dislodge McGinn. And I think we found just the man, surprisingly, as well. Well, you're looking for a genuine upgrade, aren't you? And, you know, I mean, I, I love McGinn and I, I write Horan for what he does, but Ross Barkley, in reality, is an upgrade, isn't he? Yeah. And a, a pro, you know, proven where we, we talked, you know, last summer and this summer about Villa needing bankers at Premier League level. If you can go and get an England international midfielder, which is what Barkley ultimately is, um, that's a great bit of business. We normally play with one six and two eights, and I see him as one of the eights. Um, you know, there's times where we've played with two sixes in a 10 and he can certainly do the 10 role as well um you know certainly saw him doing that a lot when he broke through at Everton um you know he's probably been more of a box-to-box eight uh, since he's been at Chelsea but high caliber player again we're talking high quality players and that we're looking to add to our our squad and I feel our squad has got a lot more depth now and certainly a lot more quality and it's a really really pleasing signing I mean, we're now in a situation where we've got somebody with another key figure with Gravitas. So you could, 
in terms of the midfield, uh, have Grealish out or have McGinn out. But if Barkley's playing, you've you've still got a main man there, so you're not missing them. But when you do the whole role, you know, you read out the roll call of Louise, Barkley, McGinn, Grealish. Now there's a midfield that should be doing something. Yeah, I mean, it's a signing that caused me genuine surprise. That's all. I, that's really all I can say about it. You, you flick down your phone, you're saying Ross Barkley signed for Villa, especially at that time in the morning with no news breaking of it before that and it was like it, it did it was happy thoughts morning when you're waking yeah. up <laughs> it's like what, what's happening here i mean when we're, we're all talking about oh he wants barkley but it's going to be loftus shaken all of a sudden it is barkley and you saw him on the bench for spurs the night or against spurs the night before even though he didn't get on you thought nah it's not going to be barkley and then there he is there he is holding his shirt all logic pointed uh that if we were going to get one of those two, it would be uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. And, you know, you say waking up and being surprised. Having put out a podcast at half past five in the morning where you're saying, yeah, I can't see Barkley uh, happening, to tell you the truth. And within a couple of hours after you've released it, uh, they sign him. I had to do a quick re-edit on that one just to uh, add a, uh, a, well, listen to it. So it's kind of quite funny. But yeah, no, it, it did come out of the blue because logic, you just thought, well, these wages are big. I don't think Chelsea uh, are that keen on like letting Villa have him for like fifty percent of you know the wages, but he also seems to be in that match day squad, so you can understand uh, Loftus Cheek. He's not going to get a kick, so get him out to Villa, and uh, you know everybody benefits. But and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The good thing about Barkley was he's he's getting games. He's been playing for Chelsea and his fitness is up there. So you can throw him straight in against Liverpool and away we go. Where Loftus-Cheek, there's still question marks. Even though Lampard's doing the salesman routine and saying, oh, he's as fit as a fiddle, lads, you know, get yourself a Loftus-Cheek. You know, it's just what you need. But genuine excitement, bud. Were you as excited in the morning? Yeah, I thought it was, I just thought it's a good when I, I didn't find out till later in the day, but yeah. Um oh, a late riser. <laughs> as I said in the day, I was doing digital detox that day, so I didn't find out till five o'clock, which was a nice surprise. But no, I think it's a great, a great bit of business. I think he's the kind of player we need, that genuine box to box engine in the middle of the park, which is something we've kind of, you know, for all that Corahan offers you with the ball, I think he, he doesn't always give you legs without it. Um, so I think he's he's the kind of player we need, and hopefully with the situation in his career, you know he's looking to um, almost looking for a slightly you know, fresh start, a new challenge, or a chance to really stake a claim again. Yeah, I think the pressure's on. I think you're probably underselling what it means to him at this stage because he's got to nail it, hasn't he? If he has, I mean, you know, he wants to get games to get in the Euros. That's one thing. So there's one incentive. But if he doesn't have a good season with Villa. 
what's he expecting to do? Go back to Chelsea and get in their first team, don't think so. Nah, no chance. They're only going to go out and buy better players, aren't they? He's got to have a yeah. really good season at Villa this year to stake his claim to get in over the players they've got because they've got a really young, exciting team and they've got a young yeah. Mason Mount who seems to have barged him out of the team now. He's also got to have a decent season to be in that position where Villa say, actually, we'll, we'll, you know, you're not getting in that Chelsea team. We'll, we'll take you on, son. Yep, absolutely. Or get a decent suitor, or else he's going to find himself at a club uh, and, and, and on lower wages than he is at the moment. So uh, high stakes for him, which works in our favour because you hopefully got a motivated player. Hopefully, we haven't got a Danny Drinkwater or a Steve Sidwell, our last uh, midfield acquisitions from Chelsea. That shut Dan up as soon as I mentioned Steve Sidwell. <laughs> <laughs> the loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> loaf of bread, or, yeah, Steve Sidwell. I do, I do respect for that one goal he scored at Everton after about one second. That that sticks in my mind. I always try to recreate that. Um, recreate it while you're doing your digital detox. Yeah, I, I don't know what a digital detox is. I, I'm Neither constantly... do I. But... You turn your phone <laughs> and your laptop off for the day. It's great. How do you get yeah. any work done there? I've got, an, I've got my main studio computer that uh, I run offline. Uh, is it digital or is it analog? No, it's very much digital, David. Although you know, well, it's not a digital decoction. He's in there with a typewriter and a xylophone. Yeah, exactly. I'm recording to reel to reel, and then I send off demos via carrier pigeon. But yeah, so sorry, get, get, getting back on point. Uh, you know, we've had Stephen Ireland before who didn't really step up to the plate. Never was the player he was at Manchester City. So there is a, you know, there is a chance, but I think we 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 can actually step in the the positive. Uh... I, I think so. I mean, the, the, you can always judge it by, you know, there's been plenty of players we've we've bought, we've bought, and then you you dare to glance on social media, and when other other clubs' fans are almost carrying a player out of their club, this was not met with that reaction from from Chelsea's fan base. I I think Barkley's a great. A great acquisition if all the things we've been saying that come to fruition because he's going to be hungry ahead of the Euros. He's got a real opportunity for lots of game time at Villa and to establish himself. You know, you forget as well, he's, he's what, 20, 26? He broke 26, through, yeah. He broke through at 17. That's nine years of, of elite level football. Uh, he was very good for England the last time I saw him. He's been featuring for Chelsea. I think Chelsea, it's a really strange decision from Chelsea, especially because, and this was the, why, the, the only thing I disagreed with you on, on Ruben Loftus-Cheek is that I think he's an excellent footballer, but he hasn't played 90 minutes in over 16 months. So you could find yourself in a position where you're rehabilitating a player or you're waiting for them to come as, come as good as yeah. they, they were. Whereas I think Barkley comes into the, with, like you say, a point to prove. Um, well, as, as I've just said, he's he's had game time, and you know Loftus Cheek hasn't, and he's and, oven ready, oven ready. And, and you see, uh, it, there was a pleasing reaction from the from some of the London press of of shock, you know, in places and surprise that you know. And I'm not really interested in the, the narrative of how, you know how have Aston Villa managed to take the player. It's actually it's a significant coup. I think he's a, he's a proper footballer of the of the type who, when Villa was saying we want proven Premier League quality, you know, this is an England international midfielder. Well, he's, he's a genuine, like, superstar sensation player. I can't wait to see him in a villa shirt. I'm really, really interested to see him in a villa shirt. This is like the second coming of Wayne Rooney. Uh, 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 he was at Everton. I mean, he was that good that they could actually say that. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. it was the future of England midfield, wasn't he? He was like, meant to be the new, you know, Stevie Gerrard, Lampard. He was, he was in that, considered in that ballpark when he came through. I think it's, where Barkley's at is, I, I guess, is that he, he reminds me of when Man City were buying up players just to sort of hoard good players from from allowing other teams to have them. And he's yeah. made himself as a squad player, hasn't he, really, at Chelsea for two seasons. Yeah. Of their, yeah. You know, that sheer wealth of players that they can have. He immediately improves us and is on is in the starting eleven for Villa, for me. You know, that's not a slight on Hurahan or others. 
I just think he's he's a cut above. He's a cut yeah. above, and uh, if he if he if he arrives and and he doesn't look like that, then something's clear. You know, we're missing something. Um, and I hope I really I really am excited to see what he could do because I think from what I remember him of Everton and from the glimpses I've had of him at Chelsea and at England particularly, he's a top player. Yeah, because you know he's at twenty six, and remember Jack's twenty five, and Barkley's already accrued thirty three England caps and scored eight goals in that time. Mm. It's no mean feat for somebody who's had a few injury niggles and and has been marginalised as a bit of a squad player at Chelsea. But as you say, it's that he could have happily been in a in a very successful. You know, he could have been a star in a in a Chelsea team. It's just that crewing of talent where you've got so many that uh, it's whoever's in favour at the time and. Lampard's doing a bit of a making it his team, so to speak, and sweeping out the old guys. And he seems to be quite keen to get, you know, some very talented footballers out on loan. If he wasn't an Evertonian, he reminds me of the kind of player that Klopp would have went for. I mean, he's in your mould of your Oxlade Chamberlain, your Keita, your players that Klopp brings in that he knows are going to perform at a high level, no matter what their background or anything else. So, uh, you know, there's no negatives from him at all. Yeah, I, I just like the idea that he's he's just that he is uh, ultimately a box to box. He's a proper number eight, which we don't really. It's not him just saying he has proven that. Yeah, he's a proven proper number eight. Which when you look at our midfield, you you could look at McGinn, but I don't think he has that out, out and out physicality he's got some tricks up his sleeve and that kind of thing but I think he supplements McGinn pretty well actually actually those three midfielders you know that four quartet that I've mentioned Louise Grealish and McGinn Barkley does kind of fit in there just some first impressions like a glove Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you've got another player who has the ability to run a game and Jack can be the cherry on top now Jack doesn't have to be taking the ball off the left back in his own half You've yeah. got Louise, you've got Barkley who can get you up the field. Barkley can carry the ball. His set-piece delivery should improve us as well from what I can remember of him. It's as you say, it's taken that pressure off Jack now. So I think we mentioned this uh, mentioned this on the last uh, podcast or two where against Fulham, he had more willing runners and he had options when he was running into two or three players. While before, he was running into those players and it was turning into a cul-de-sac because he had to hang on to the ball a bit longer because there was nothing opening up for him. But Barkley suddenly he's running the game. He's you know he's he's getting it a bit further, and, and Grealish doesn't have to uh, run into cul-de-sacs or run at players. He's one of Barkley's options, and, and vice versa. It just uh, it's people with you know having the ball with authority dictating play, and this is something we've missed uh, beyond uh, Grealish. And a, and a great you know great first game to test him in as well, isn't it? In a game that he's he should be bang up for. I'll be interested to see if the formation tweaks slightly because Barkley, to me, is very central. Yeah. Uh, Douglas Louise is the base of the pyramid, if you want to say, in the formation at the moment. And you have two midfielders on either side of him who, who do pick a side. So if Barkley comes in centrally, I wonder if will there be a slight formation tweak just to, or a you know a change of play. So maybe we won't go out wide as much and we will try and drive through the middle now. So it'll be interesting to see. It gives you the opportunity in game to change it as well. That's the... Yes, yeah, very much so. or, or whatever, and I think that that that's very, very appealing. And my, my my final point would be is that any any improvement in that area it puts the some of the fringe players that we saw tonight who can't hack it at the level that we want to be at. It puts them one place further away from the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's about leveling up, isn't it, across the field and not being sentimental. And I think if um if if that's at the you know expense of someone who people have an affinity with, so be it. 
no time for sentiment. Not now. Yeah, it just means there's no weakness or holes where we're going, well, we're all right, but, you know, you know, people have got doubts about El Ghazi, whatever. It's, you don't have to think about that. You've got that midfield looks as solid as a rock. Defense, I think it's almost there. I, I would, left back is still a, a bit of a concern, but target does have its merits uh, going forward. And then up front, we'll see more, hopefully, from Watkins. And then out wide, you, your man Grealish. I think Trezeguet uh, it has a great part to play in this season because he's looking fitter and sharper, as Chris was saying, looking a lot fitter and sharper. Mm. Well, he's just he's le- leaner and meaner, and he's got an extra yard of pace. It would appear, and you know he looks mentally settled, and he's, he just looks up for the fight, which is great. Which unfortunately against Stoke, so many didn't. Something that you you really can't fault, and I think it came to the front really during the the post lockdown period. That his his work rate and his work rate for the for his teammates is yes. um, is quite remarkable. Um, and it, given the opportunity, he does have an eye for goal again, as we saw. You know, he scored three very important goals. Um, yeah. The running, I think there's flaws to his game, and he's not the complete footballer as, as we all know. But in that conversation, I suppose where you're saying just that you want solid players, you want dependable, but he won't let you down. There's a quality level there, um, but it's you, you know the order of of quality, don't you? You know if you need to if you need to put him on the bench, you know what you know. He's not always yeah. a starter for me, but he's a he's, he can do a job. He's offering something, and um, you know we've got to remember it's unfortunate the you know people. Well, I say people. Certain journalists have written the narrative that uh, Grealish's goal against West Ham, you know, makes him a legend. It was the goal that Trezeguet scored against Arsenal because if we didn't beat Arsenal, that win gave everybody the belief that that was the the most significant get goal of all the you know the restart period. Trezeguet's uh, goal there and the one you know in the semi final that got us in. You know, he scored two perhaps the most important goals of last season so it's good to have him even if he's on the bench you know that he has got an end product and so's Hurahan so suddenly looking at a bench that's actually uh, Smith can say you can look over his shoulder and see quality and it actually has some uh, semblance of truth in it any final uh, thoughts on Barkley you would I presume start him against Liverpool I would I would start him against Liverpool just this sort of say we were here you know that's that's what you're looking for you're looking to say right we, we didn't uh take him on loan as a favorite anyway we we need him so he's you know would give yeah. him a boost in confidence well and would give the rest of the players around to lift yeah let's just clear that point up actually uh, uh was it you chris that mentioned uh some people were saying in the in the mad few facebook group which is uh for people who listen to this show and i've heard it before where where people have taken uh, this perception, and, and this has been used in the wrong context, that you loan players to develop them for other clubs. In this case, you're not loaning Ross Barkley to develop him for Chelsea because he is the uh, the end product and you know better than most of our players in our team. We are getting him for this season, and you know tomorrow never comes. So option to buy whatever it's, you know the next two seasons aren't as important as the here and now, and that's what Ross Barkley comes into, and, and he lifts this team to another level. Absolutely, absolutely. He's he's the he's the best option we were probably going to get about now. Yeah, because we haven't got unlimited money that, you know, the owners aren't stupid. They're not going to keep dropping 25, 30 million on players. You couldn't, you know, get a player of Ross uh, Barkley's in terms of where he stands in English football. If you were buying him out right at this point in time, Villa aren't, you know, you're looking 30, 40 at least. And they're not going to pay that at this point in time. And uh, so you're getting a top quality player and you're not paying a massive upfront fee as well. 
So it's it's a pretty decent deal. I'm, I'm pleased with it. Tammy Abraham also, even though he was a player in development, you knew we were going to benefit from him. So that wasn't really you, you're you're loaning in the player to improve that first eleven. That's the distinct difference here from loaning a player and then like, oh yeah, he's going to help us and he'll be you know in and out of games and we're helping develop a player. We are loaning this player to improve our first eleven. That's when it's not about development. Now, everyone's a winner in this scenario if Barkley comes and he plays well it's good for Villa it's good for Barkley and if we want to go and get him on a permanent deal at the end of the season it probably does Chelsea a bit of help as well in, in terms of banging his price back up yeah keeps his price and so uh, the balls in his and their court as to whether he wants to stay at Chelsea stake a claim whatever I'll just let's just concentrate on this season and if you know we'll come to whatever his future is going to lie in a year's time Indeed us. Right, just want to say a big thank you uh, to all of my old man said patrons who joined us in Match Club for the Stoke game. Uh, hopefully we uh, we set up a good uh, experience there. Deluxe Match Club, I would call that, without saying anything. Uh, but uh, thank you very much for the uh, my old man said patrons as well, uh, even if they weren't in Match Club uh, on that day for supporting the show. And if you want to uh, get access to extra podcasts and also uh, join Match Club for the uh, the season, since we are not allowed back through the gates of Villa Park, uh, please do go to myomansaid.com and click on the patron link and I will do uh, the latest shout-outs uh, in the next full show. Right then, gentlemen, thank you for joining me in the uh, the uh, My Man Said podcast recording room within the uh, underground virtual match club cellar or something like that. Sex dungeon. <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. 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 days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.